This is a Reconstructionist Radio production. For more audiobooks and other content, please visit reconstructionistradio.com. Book title: Church Shift. Author: Sunday Adelijah. Published by Charisma House. Copyright: 2008. Narrated by Jason Garwood. Chapter 11. When to stop praying. I am a firm believer in praying and in not praying. The first part of this chapter is about knowing when to pray. The second is about knowing when not to pray. You must learn both skills to be effective in your promised land. If there is anything I could choose to be a hallmark of my life, it is prayer. It was said about Jesus that he prayed a lot. I too have endeavored to live my life through prayer. I have disciplined myself at times to spend weeks in prayer interrupted only by sleep. Those times have changed my life. They are spent absorbing His presence, His glory, and His strength. I have never prayed for the sake of praying. I have prayed because I want to be with God, to get to know Him, and then to radiate His glory. To me, this is the point of my life. Everything else seems to me like a hobby. Action without prayer is foolish. Even if your intentions are good, even if you are trying to build God's kingdom, you cannot succeed without prayer. Prayer is not merely a habit, but a way of life. We can commune constantly with God. Learn to lay your soul bare before God. Learn to humble yourself before Him in prayer. Learn to admit your weaknesses, your mistakes, in His presence. Put your trust in Him. He is your hope, your source, your life. All else could fail, but having Him, you have everything. Let Him know that you are trusting completely in Him. Fast so as to humble your flesh. Learn also to wait on the Lord. It's important not just to storm the heavens with your prayers, but to rest in God and to be guided by His assessment of the situation, relying on Him in everything. God always gives grace to the person who humbles himself before Him and who sets his hopes on Him. No matter what defeats that person may suffer, God makes it possible for him to spread his wings and mount up to new heights. God will equip him supernaturally and show him how to remain standing even when others fall. As the prophet wrote, quote, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. End quote. Isaiah 40, 30, and 31. Receive Revelation. In prayer, you learn who God is and what He wants you to do. Jesus said, quote, By myself I can do nothing, end quote, John 5, 30. With these words, He reaffirmed His humility and total dependence on His Father. And God the Father, seeing this gesture of humility, gave further grace to the Son. The revelations you receive are like foundation stones upon which you can build your life, family, and calling according to God's plan. The revelations you receive in prayer will unveil the prototype or picture of what you should do next. If you put these revelations into action according to His model, you will walk a well-trodden pathway and not just go around in circles. In some ways, I have grown to be an observer in my church. In times of prayer and throughout the day, I simply observe what the Father does, and I observe those around me to be sure they are carrying it out according to the revelation God gives us. 
Some pastors claim that it's difficult to be a pastor of a large congregation, but it isn't that difficult for me. It's a light burden, almost like being on vacation. Prayer makes it so. If you receive a word of revelation and have an understanding of what God is wanting to build and the unique way in which he is going to bring what he has in mind to pass, if you take the steps he is expecting you to take, then your life and calling become light. You will find pleasure and great delight in them. It's no longer you who is building, but God. He goes before you, accomplishing the things he has called and appointed you for. You have only to be an obedient doer of his will. The things you build in the here and now will have already been built in heaven, and you will simply be establishing them. I can say without exception that every major decision or advance in my life has come following sustained times of prayer. For example, I prayed a lot before I got married. Six whole years passed and still nothing changed in my life. One day, however, I prayed and heard, as it were, in a dream, write down what you need. I quickly wrote down the things I desired and was turning over in my mind concerning the kind of wife I wanted. I wrote down ten points and realized that this was the Spirit of God moving me to write these things. They were things He wanted to give me. He allowed me to perceive the prototype He had prepared for me. As I wrote down these ten points, I realized that these would help me know my future wife from thousands of other women. I would know which one she was because God had given me a portrait of her personality. Within a year, I found the unique person that God had destined to be my wife. She met all ten points God had given me. Then stop praying. Sometimes people pray without ever taking action. There is a time to leave the prayer room and carry out the plans God has revealed to you. For too many years, some Christians have concentrated on prayer only. They believe that God will supernaturally accomplish what they are asking for. But the Word of God says that faith without works is useless and dead, according to James 2.17. The kingdom does not advance on prayer alone, but on prayer-inspired actions. You will recall that when our church was needing a permanent place to meet, We prayed for a year, and God was silent. That silence bothered me terribly. I couldn't understand why we had prayed and God hadn't done anything. I was still expecting God to do everything for us. I wasn't putting my faith into action. Finally, God had mercy on me and told me that prayer doesn't do anything by itself. No matter how much you pray, it's not in my hands. God spoke to my heart. The solution is in your hands. I have given you the opportunity. The people of the world don't understand prayer. They understand the language of force. Prayer is for me, and this is not my situation. It is within your scope of influence to change it. You are on the earth. You have the people and the power. Use your power. It was time for us to quit praying, and we did. Our actions led to a favorable resolution to our problem and eventually led to a change in the entire nation. But many people still cling to old ways. They are almost idolatrous of prayer. The other day I was listening to an interview with Christian leaders in Nigeria. They were asked why the country was not well developed even though it has many Christians. The leaders said, we need to pray more. Can you imagine? Nigeria is one of the most prayerful countries on the planet. They pray constantly. But countries don't develop by prayer, but by prayer paired with actions. 
It reminds me of the time God told Moses, get up. What are you doing on your face? Take action. See Exodus 14, 15. Praying and interceding are critical, but they are only half of the equation. Why is God silent in your life? Perhaps because he is waiting for you to act. In that chilling silence, perhaps you will learn to take action with the power you already have. Timid Warriors Many church-minded Christians are timid and passive but think they're being humble. They devote themselves to prayer, but they are really just avoiding the battle. People hide in the prayer closet as Saul hid in the luggage on his coronation day, or Gideon hid in the wine press. Many are afraid of the consequences of taking risks. They don't want to feel pain. This fear, like all fear, is rooted in egocentrism. When you are not dead to yourself, you fear the consequences of failure. Egocentrism masquerades as humility and practical thinking. But it's focused on yourself and what causes you pain. That's called serving your own comfort. You are not looking out for the kingdom interests, but your own. True humility goes where God leads, regardless of the consequences. It recognizes that we are dead to ourselves, but alive in Christ. We don't live our own lives anymore. We were headed for hell when he rescued us. So we don't call the shots anymore. He does. His will is our command, no matter if it brings us life or death. I'm convinced that 75% of our prayers are a waste of time. Either we are praying for something God has already said yes to, or we are praying for something he told us to do. We are waiting on God while he is waiting on us. I often hear people say they are expecting a miracle and waiting on God for the answer. Waiting on God is good to a point. Then it's time to stop expecting miracles and start taking action on the revelation we have received thus far. If you are a timid warrior, you will not take the land God has for you. Your position in society will shrink and the kingdom of God will lose territory because of you. You may be a giant in the prayer closet, but a pipsqueak on the battlefield. Stop escaping into prayer. Be a prayer warrior, but not a prayer hermit. The kingdom belongs to doers, not hearers. You can hear God speak all you want, but if you don't do anything, the kingdom does not rightly belong to you. The developing world is a great example of this. In many third world countries, Christians have succeeded in getting people saved and into the church. There, people dance and worship and pray before God, but those same countries lack kingdom principles in the government, businesses, and social structure of the nation. Some countries are full of faithful believers living in poverty. Nothing changes for the better. The world of the Christians never collides with the world around them. On the other hand, some non-believing countries are wealthy, well-organized, and just, but no longer acknowledge the Lord. It's time to bloody our swords, metaphorically speaking. The prophet said, quote, Cursed is he who does the work of the Lord deceitfully, and cursed is he who keeps back his sword from blood. End quote. Jeremiah 48, 10. Every calling requires dedication. Unless you dedicate yourself to your calling, you will not go far. I know many gifted people who have been called by God, but without dedication they soon fizzle out. God absolutely loathes it when a person has a non-committal attitude toward his work. If a person is frivolous toward God's work, he puts himself under a curse. 
as it says above. The word deceitfully there means literally slack negligently. This is serious business. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. Cursed is everyone who does the work of the Lord negligently. If you have not been conscientious in your work for God, repent and take a different attitude towards your calling. If you expect everything to work itself out and think you can just sit back and rest, I can guarantee you will soon have plenty of difficulties. Do not expect a harvest if you haven't sown anything. There are times when you must pull out your sword to carry out your calling. Not everything is attained easily. The kingdom of God advances by violence. Christians are made strong by the word of God, but many attain absolutely nothing because they are not willing to fight. God didn't tell Joshua to defeat his enemies with prayer alone. He said, quote, be strong and courageous, end quote. And then he sent them into the battle, Joshua 10.25. When we keep back the sword from blood, it turns on us and destroys us. We have to know how to fight and advance the kingdom. When the devil tells you no, you have to be able to tell him yes. When everyone around you says impossible, you have to be in a position to say it is possible. By faith, it will surely come to pass. One of the most powerful words in the Great Commission is the word go, Matthew 28, 18-20. Go is also the most neglected word in the church today. Churches try to bring in as many members as possible to sit and listen to our beautiful rhetoric week in and week out. This is the direct opposite of Christ's instruction to us, which is to get people saved, train them, and release them to change the world they came from. That is why in our church, I always tell my members that my job and my dream is to chase them out of their pews to the harvest field of the world where they all belong. One of the most important duties as a pastor is to just get people to go. You have been given your promised land so that you can fight and take it victoriously. If you have a calling from the Lord and do nothing to fulfill it, you are on the verge of being ruined. It is not your work, but God's. He has entrusted you with it. You are called to battle. There is no need to keep back your sword from blood. There is a time for you to pray and a time for you to fight. If you have been working with too little for too long, then you probably haven't been faithful. You need to exit the prayer closet and step onto the battlefield. By definition, if you are faithful with little, you will graduate to much. Nobody is supposed to muddle around with little things his whole life. You were made for bigness. Until you have done everything you can think of or imagine, God won't swing into action on your behalf. He gave you a mind so you can think great thoughts and an imagination so you can imagine what could be. Until you use these God-given tools, don't expect Him to intervene. You must be faithful with what's within your capabilities before you can expect a miracle. When you have pulled out your sword, gone into battle, and put actions to the revelations you received in prayer, then you can expect God to do more than you could think or imagine. Learn to be a man or woman of prayer, then learn when to stop praying. The results will be powerful. Kingdom Principles from Chapter 11 Number 1. I have prayed because I want to be with God, to get to know Him, and then to radiate His glory. Number 2. Action without prayer is foolish. Number 3. 
The revelations you received are like foundation stones upon which you can build your life, family, and calling according to God's plan. Number four, the kingdom does not advance on prayer alone, but on prayer-inspired actions. Countries don't develop, but by prayer paired with actions. Number five, when you are not dead to yourself, you fear the consequences of failure. Number six, true humility goes where God leads, regardless of the consequences. His will is our command, no matter if it brings us life or death. Number seven, the kingdom belongs to doers, not hearers. One of my most important duties as a pastor is to just get people to go. There is a time for you to pray and a time for you to fight.